Welcome to the Velocity for Change podcast. I'm your host, Adam Guthrow. This week's guest is Tom Boucher. Tom Boucher is the CEO of Great New Hampshire Restaurants. It's a business group that runs several restaurants in New Hampshire, including T-Bones, Cactus Jacks, and Copper Door. Yeah, this is a great story, guys, because you're going to hear the story of a guy who's literally started at the bottom of the company and worked his way all the way to the top. And uh, well, I was just so happy to sit down and talk with him for as long as he did. This is a person I have a lot of respect for. Uh, you got to respect somebody who has this much passion for their work. So enjoy the episode. All right, we are recording. Thank you very much for being here, Mr. Boucher. Tom Boucher is here. He, and uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce, introduce yourself and uh, let people know who you are. Sure. I'm, I'm Tom Boucher. I'm the CEO and owner of uh, Great New Hampshire Restaurants, which is a, a group of restaurants all in New Hampshire. We, we own uh, T-Bones, Copper Door, and CJ's Great West Grill. And uh, I met Adam at uh, Copper Door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Copper Door is a, uh, it's a staple for this household. Uh, every time that I'm like, oh, I had a good week this week. It's like, oh, great. You got more copper door money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I was looking into, I, okay. I creeped on you a little bit. Okay. And I <laughs> just look at some of the stuff, you, public stuff that you put out there. And, uh, one of the, I, I like your take on a lot of things, actually. Uh, one of the things I was really surprised to find was that, uh, before you were a restaurateur, you were in college for chemistry like <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is you know it's a really interesting start to my career um i i actually went to merrimack college in andover massachusetts to study uh chemistry and um i ended up getting a full scholarship to get my master's at villanova and i went there for the first semester and you know i'm 22 years old what do you know when you're 22? Not much. And I did some soul searching and realized I was either going to be a guy in a lab coat in some, you know, chemistry lab, or I was going to be teaching chemistry. And, and neither one of those uh, felt right to me. So I left, gave up my scholarship, went back home, started working for uh, T-Bones as a server in 1987. T-Bones at that time had only two restaurants and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the industry, the, the thinking on your feet, the, the energy. And um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I backed into it, but I did. And uh, uh, the man, the manager at the time came to me uh, that fall of 19. Uh, 88 and said, you know what, you, you should think about being a manager. So I'm like, okay, here, here I am 23 years old. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> what do you know? Right. So he said, but I think you should be a kitchen manager. I had okay. never, I hadn't worked a day in my life in a commercial kitchen or a restaurant kitchen. And so I said, yeah. And I got trained and fell in love with that part of the business and just kept growing with T-Bones to eventually opening CJ's Great West Grill with uh, the founders of T-Bones in 1995. And then in uh, 2001, I became an owner within the T-Bones group. 
And in 2004, I took over as CEO of the entire company. <laughs> and, just, what a leap. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's just a crazy, you know, ride that I've been on. And in 2008, one of the three founding owners of T-Bones, my partner Mark Fenske, he and I bought out the other two founders and retired them. And wow. since then, we've opened uh, your favorite restaurant, Carpador in Bedford, and we yes. opened another Carpador in Salem, New Hampshire, and we have since in the midst of the pandemic, opened another T-Bones in Concord. So that's the that's the 30 plus year journey of my career. <laughs> that's an impressive one. Now I got to go back to the beginning here because the thing that's on my mind right now is that you're, you tell your family and everybody you know, like I'm going to college with a full scholarship with, to go study chemistry. And then you do a 180 and you're like, I'm actually going to go be a waiter in a restaurant. <laughs> what, what are you... What are you facing from everybody you know at, at that point in time? Like, what is their reaction to that? And how does that affect you? You know, uh, that's a great question. And surprisingly, um, and much to my enjoyment, is that my dad, my dad was instrumental and very supportive. Um, you know, he obviously helped me pay for college at Merrimack College. And when I gave up the scholarship, he... <clears throat> He just said, you know what, just whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm supportive. And to this day, I'm so grateful to him because when we opened um, Cactus Jack's or today it's called CJ's Great West Grill and I became a founding owner, um, I needed cash to invest in that restaurant. And he loaned me the money. He loaned wow. me the money. And equally, I, I, I borrowed uh, $10,000 against my car. <laughs> that, that <laughs> you gotta was, do what you gotta do, right? That was fully paid off. So I used that as collateral and my dad loaned me, um, north of $40,000 and, uh, I paid him back up until about, I think, I think, I think I still owed him like 10,000. And he said, you know what? You don't have to pay me the rest because, uh, you've worked your ass off and good for you. <laughs> That's, so, that's kind of I, you know, so I'm, I, I'm very grateful to my dad. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what a, that's, the, that's the best investor you can possibly have. One that's like, no, 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 that's enough money. They can stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So, and you're just super supportive the whole time. Uh, was your dad an, an entrepreneur or a, uh, a corporate guy? Or no, and that's, that's, the, that's the irony, too, that um, I've shared with many people. <clears throat> I don't like to call myself the black sheep of the family, but uh, I, I did not go the the career that my dad went or, or my three brothers. Uh, they all are and still are in technology. My dad was uh, a 33-year IBM systems engineer. Wow. Uh, my brother, John, who's retired now, worked for Oracle for uh, 30 years, somewhere in that range. My brother, Matt, is a, a senior engineer uh, with Norton Semantic. He runs a, a global uh, team to write. These are all huge names. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and then, and my other brother is a, a sales, senior sales guy for Dell. And so you're talking, you know, major technology companies, and here I am doing restaurants. <laughs> but you all do have something in common, which is that you all devoted yourself to uh, companies that you're working for. 
and uh, you know, and it paid you back to do so. Yeah, and and you know, I should also mention that my three brothers are also investors in um, Great New Hampshire restaurants. They all all invested and own a little piece of each restaurant. So it's 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 been it's been really really rewarding. It really has. Right. It's always nice when family has your back like that, and they and they believe in you. You know, and now they get to be a part of it in their own little way. <laughs> mm. That's great. So, and uh, so what happens between, what's the, what's the fire, you know, what sets off your, your manager, you become general manager at the T-Bones restaurant where you're working after being a kitchen manager. And then you, what happens that you decide that you want to open up your own restaurant, Cactus Jacks? Well, that's another great question. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I got to a point in my career where uh, you know, I, I, I actually had approached, again, the founders of T-Bones and said, you know, I, I really want to do more. I, I just, I wanted to grow. I wanted to do more. And I, I flat out just put it out there and said, I, I need to either do more or I'm going to have to look to do something different. And I actually applied to be a, uh, a salesperson for Sam Adams because uh, I love that beer. Who doesn't? And uh, I, I'm still great friends with um, the, the former salesperson with Sam Adams. And I've actually met Jim Cook, the owner. And I, I joke about it. I said, that was the worst decision you ever made by not hiring me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's like Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady, same thing. He's like, you know, that telling Bob Crabb it was the best decision he ever made by uh selecting Tom Brady, but, you know, in all, in all fairness, I, I, I just wanted to do more. And, um, that's what happened with Cactus Jacks. And then in the, in the same thing happened with, um, me progressing through the, through the ranks of becoming director of dining room operations, director of marketing, and then becoming the CEO. I, I, I was just literally asking for it along the way saying, I, I, I've earned it and I want this position. So a lesson for some of the young people out there, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Yeah, if you have a goal, you gotta, you gotta let people know, otherwise how are they supposed to figure it out? No one's just gonna make you CEO on a whim. Right. <laughs> no, that's great. So you put it out there and then they decide to, and they also, they're, cause they're part owners in this too, right? So they decided to invest in you as well. But you're the that you're the guy that it all falls onto to get this done. Yeah, and 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 again, I, um, I my two former partners they they were cousins Peter and Peter, and my mentor Peter Saris really taught me the business side of the business. You know, I I, I obviously I worked in every capacity in the restaurants, but he really taught me. Um, the business aspect of it, you know, from knowing what the, the acronym EBITDA means, it's earnings before interest, taxes, and depreciation and amortization. I never knew that. That's a big word. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, to a, a P&L or a profit and loss, you know, I, I, I learned it literally on the job and never, I think the only course I took in college for business was Economics 101. So I literally learned the business side of the restaurant industry 
hands-on and from um, my former partner, Peter Saris. And I'm, I'm grateful to him to this day that he was willing to teach me. And, and um, obviously he saw something in me that he, he felt that he could invest that time in me. So, and I, and, and, you know, it comes full circle. I have people in my life, in my business that I'm investing the same time and effort in them. Cause I see something in them that I know that they've got a great future in front of them and hopefully someday they'll retire me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was thinking that too, as I'm looking through the story and I'm like, you know, being a guy that came up the way that you did to, from where you were to where you are now, like I'm sure your eyes are always watching and, and listening in and paying attention to find that, that next, you know, the next big player that's going to take it to the next level. That's going to come with that great idea or that, um, you know, that great segue into something bigger. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting that we, you and I both cross paths in a very organic way that you just happen to be dining next to me with your friends. And uh, my wife overheard that your friends had come up or family. I'm not sure if it's friends or family or both, but uh, girlfriend and, and our friends. Yeah. Okay. That had come up from Boston. And I, I, I was, I was blown away that, you know, people would travel all the way from Boston to come to Copper Door. And, uh, and it's, it's one of the reasons why I agreed to do this interview, because I'm, I'm a believer that you make connections, you network, and you never know where it leads. And again, I, I would give that advice to young people that take the opportunity, meet people, network, you, you just don't know the connections that you'll end up making. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more if I tried. And I've read that in one of your biopics too. And I think it's super important because uh, I think stuff is happening to us all the time and you really got to pay attention and, you know, and seize it when you can, you know, it's the same reason why I decided to reach out to you because we were just at that point, we were just talking about, I'm like, I think I'm going to do this podcast. So I went and invest my money, my time, my research and all that. And then we just happened to <laughs> cross paths because we were talking about, oh, before we even went there, she was like, if you could get the guy from Copper Door on there, that would be awesome. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, because she wanted to hear your, she wanted to know what your story was. And That's uh, so crazy. Wow. She's from, she's from, you got to understand that uh, she's from Mass and a lot of her friends are from Mass, New York. And, uh, you know, every time I go, every time I meet somebody new from out of state, the first thing they ask me is like, what's it like in New Hampshire? What's going on up there? So for her to get a little piece of it and it just it just made her so curious just to know what's going on and uh i mean she's a um she's a sole proprietor herself so she's always interested in, in other people and their stories and what they're up to mm -hmm. that's awesome but, but yeah it just happened to, to work out that way so it was like i think you know the universe is saying you got to go meet this person you know that's <laughs> you got to be able to receive that too funny wow yeah i think and the funny part is, is everyone that she's told me to go ask are all the people that say yes right away. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's a, that's a great testament to you then. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying. It's, this is, this is a, this is kind of a fun gig, but it kind of reminds me a lot of like dating. Uh, you have to prepare yourself for a lot of rejection and a lot of maybes. So. Which is, you know, and that's, that's, um, you know, reflecting back on my, on, on my brothers, uh, 
two two out of the three of them started out in sales at a very entry level and and actually all their kids are in some level of technology doing sales and it's it's the same right it's sales is the same as like you just referred to dating yeah. uh and and there's an old saying and i think it's true uh you have to ask for that that sale seven times before you actually get the sale and yes you know it's it's it, it, it can be demoralizing when you get the no 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 uh but at the same time you got to push to get the yes yeah the yes and I'll, 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 I'll give you an example um Let's hear I'll, share a little, I'll share a little bit of insight this is this is top secret but i'm going to share it with you <laughs> so we um we own the shorties the old shorties in bedford are you familiar with that location I believe I am. Yes. Yeah. So it's on 101, and it's uh, across the street from the old the old Harvest Market. Uh, the 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 Shorty's restaurant had been there for a few decades, and before that, it was Daffodils, and I forget it's it's been a restaurant for at least four decades. Um, the property became available pre-pandemic, and we bought it with the thought of opening a family-friendly sports bar because that we thought that that was like a void that was missing in the Bedford market. Well, it came to me literally two days ago as I was uh, going to the copper door and I couldn't get a seat at the bar. I mean, obviously we have reduced seating in the bar. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get a seat at a cocktail table, I couldn't get a seat in the roost. I was like, this place, you know, here we are in the midst of, we're coming out of the pandemic, but yeah, I can't get a seat in my own restaurant. And <laughs> it's, it's been that way, not so much in 2020, but 2019, we, we were turning away business literally because we were just so darn busy. So it came to me and I said, you know what? Why don't we make shorties Coppador too, or as I'm phrasing it now, coming up with the logo, CD. You see that I don't know if you can see my hat, but I can see it. Yeah, so it CD Roman numeral two. So I think that's going to be the name, and it's basically going to be an offshoot of the Coppador. We're not going to have quite as many high-end uh, priced menu items. We'll probably have a couple of steaks and couple of seafood items that are higher price, but the rest will be the core of Coppador's menu, which is burgers and sandwiches and pizzas and flatbreads and the, the ginormous uh, appetizer list that we have. Yeah. So people will have a second choice um, besides the Coppador. It'll be, it'll be upscale, but not quite as upscale as the Coppador that you are in. Uh, the bar will be much bigger and have a ton of TVs. And so it'll still have the ability to have like that sports bar theme, but not, not cheesy sports bar. If you follow me. Yeah, no, I, I understand it's the, uh, like the way you have it set up over there right now, it's like you walk in, it's classy, but you can also watch the game too. Yeah. And, and so th this, this location will have a lot more TVs and, and we'll probably have volumes up. And so it'll give a second choice for people right here in Bedford, because I, I just, the demand for Coppador is 
through the roof. And yeah. so well, I, I, I think I think we're going to hit a home run uh, with this CD2 concept. That's a great. That's such a great idea. I mean, because you like you said, you turn away business. It's like filling up a bucket of water, and you're like, we're just wasting all this water just spilling on the ground. Yeah. And we can't we can't collect it afterwards because they're going to go down the street to somewhere else. You know, like uh, when we get there, like people are probably willing to wait. You know, I don't. I'm sure you probably have the data on this. How long is somebody willing to wait for that table? You know, um, but at a certain point, when you're telling like an hour, two hours, there. <laughs> Well, we have nights. We have nights where um, the reservations completely fill up. You can't even get a reservation because there's it's the reservations are full from four to ten at night. And so, to your point, the the bucket of water just flows over and goes and it goes somewhere else. So I, I think I think it's it's it. I think the town of Bedford is going to be really excited to see that they have a, a second copador option. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's, that's, I think that's a genius idea. And it's like one of those things, like you think like, how come there's a Starbucks across the street from another Starbucks? And it's like a uh, demand. <laughs> that's exactly, well, that's exactly it. And, and, and I'll give you a comparison. Um, the original Pizzeria Uno in Chicago um, has their second store was Pizzeria Do. It's called. right across the street so it was it was pizzeria uno the first one and then the second one was pizzeria do so they they had they had so much demand they said let's just open a second one so that's that's what we're doing yeah i, I guess if you can't make the building bigger somehow just buy another one right that's it plus you get more more jobs for everybody else too well that, that that's another great point that the economies of scale really kick in that we can um share staff with with each location we can stay uh, share product because there are times where you know we, we're, we're running low on scallops or filet mignon or whatever it might be instead of the term in the restaurant industry is called 86ing it i don't know where that comes i think it's a technology term but when you 86 something it means you're out of the product so mm -hmm. instead of 86ing it maybe you can call the other store and say, Hey, do you have any more fillets that you can share with us? So that's another great advantage that we'll have. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause then you have a uh, two different stock supplies so you can share with each other. Right. No, that's a, that's a great idea, man. That is wild. <laughs> you just got the inside scoop. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm always thinking of that. Like, uh, like people are always, you know, making fun of like all the, cause especially New Hampshire, there's like, you know, there's Dunkin' Donuts every quarter mile. And yeah, it's like, but the, all the drive-thrus are packed on all peak hours. So I guess it kind of makes sense. And why not take that with a more upscale business, you know, especially if like, I could see myself going to Carpador Original, being like an hour wait and just driving down the street and going to exactly. Carpador 2. Exactly. As long as they have the, um, the haddock, the Haddock Oscar that has to be there. <laughs> that's the that's actually one of the one of the items that I I was uh, thinking to keep that we'll keep we'll keep our two Haddock items on the menu. Yeah, that's the only thing she's always like. I'm gonna order something else when I get there, and then we get there, and she's like, "Nope, <laughs> Haddock Oscar." <laughs> uh, the those chefs like they get it, it. Every time you get a dish share, it tastes exactly the same. How are 
are these like um, culinary arts trained chefs or are these chefs that you train or? So it's kind of a blend. Um, um, we have our, our, we have one executive chef, Jay Smith. He was actually chef of the year last year um, with the New Hampshire Lodging and Restaurant Association. Oh, congratulations to him. Yeah. And he, he, he's amazing. I mean, the guy, he not only writes our uh, regular dinner and lunch menus, but he also does all the seasonal menus, which are spring, summer, fall. But then he also does holiday menus, which are Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Father's Day. It's, it, it's, it's an incredible um, job that he does. There's over 20 different menus that he creates every single year. Wow. And um, so he, he creates the menus. He writes what we call the specs to each individual menu item. And then the chefs behind the line literally have to follow the spec of creating, say, the Haddock Oscar. Um, so it's 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 not just a um, a whim of a dash of this or a dash of that. Everything's measured out. Everything's weighed. Everything is uh, portioned so that it that's where you get to that consistency that you speak of. Um, and I think that's that's it's it's really really hard to do in a made from scratch kitchen. Um, if you go to a, a chain restaurant and I'm not going to, well, I guess I am going to pick on the chains. Uh, if you, if you go to a chain restaurant or, or, you know, the fast food guys, they're buying all their product pre-prepared frozen shipped. And so then it's, it's reheated or microwaved, or in some cases it's, it's, you know, cooked to order, but they're, they're, they're completely prepared items that requires no, really no culinary skill. Um, in our kitchens, in all three of our concepts, you ha- you, we make everything from scratch. And so you, you have to have some culinary ability, whether you went to school for it or you learned it on the job like I did. Um, that's, that's how we do it. And that's how it's consistent. We, we have specs and recipes that are to the, to the ounce or to the tablespoon measurements wow yeah so just measure everything i mean it seems like a simple concept but it's just <laughs> it's just a uh, it, the execution is flawless it's great thanks and and you know um we, we actually just started a a, a new software uh, I, I guess this is where the uh the uh, technology influence comes in from my family i'm i'm a huge pusher of technology within our company. And we recently just started a a new software called Restaurant 365, which coordinates every single thing that we purchase and it goes directly to our accounting software. So it's much more efficient, much more accurate. And lo and behold, we realized once we did this, we purchase over 3000 different items uh, every single week or month, whether it's food, smallwares, paper, chemical, uh, you know, it, various equipment pieces, but it, it, it's, it's an amazing um, system that helps us get even more efficient, more standardized, more organized, but still keep that made from scratch um, difference. Is this a software you created or is this a software? That no, you- we purchased it. Oh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's called Restaurant 365 or R365. Uh, it, it's It's been booming within our industry because it's, you know, inventorying and ordering and keeping track of all of your receipts for 3,000 different items from, you know, 30 different vendors is, is no short undertaking. And especially, you know, we get deliveries. Our produce comes in six days a week. Our our fish comes in five days a week. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a real bear when it comes to inventory and, and costing out. So this is a good company to go invest in right now before they blow up all over the country. Well, but I, I tell you, well, it's true. I mean, for real, they're, they're definitely the lead of the pack. There, there are a few others that are out there obviously, but they're the number one for sure. It's always nice when you can find a piece of software that just instantly makes your life easier. You know, and it, it's interesting through the pandemic. Um, I was recently interviewed by um, another media outlet and they asked me, you know, what did, what did you learn through the pandemic and what are you going to keep? And, you know, if you had asked me a year ago today, so what do we March 6th, if you had asked me a year ago today, would I be using Zoom for our company? I would have said, no, like we just, we meet in person. Like we have manager meetings and we have leadership team meetings. We have company-wide meetings and we meet in person. And the pandemic changed all of that. And so Zoom, I mean, we live on Zoom now and I don't think it's ever going to go away. And I, I, I actually find it very, useful for me, you know, with 10 restaurants and almost a thousand employees, uh, I get to attend almost every single manager meeting now, whether it's Salem or Laconia, or uh, I get to zoom in when I want to zoom in and listen and give feedback or, or not, as opposed to getting in my car and driving an hour. Um, I still visit the restaurants, obviously, but the efficiency of being able to use that technology is incredible. And, and, and I, I, I never would have been exposed to it without this pandemic. Similarly, the uh, online ordering, you know, it, it had always been like a wish list for us to have online ordering and the pandemic just pushed it <laughs> forefront right for us. And so now you can go on any of our websites and order online and pay for it and and your order goes directly to the kitchen so it completely eliminates the phone call the hostess you coming in having to pay for it uh, we've got shelving set up in the vestibule so when you order online you just walk in you pick up the takeout order and you walk out that had to have skyrocketed sales for for uh for orders without a doubt i mean we're doing right now before the pandemic Copador specifically was about 4% was takeout orders. Now we're at like 20%. Wow. 500% yeah. <laughs> increase. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. So it was the, uh, the, for the website, for a second, the website for that, was that also the Restaurant 365 or is that just a separate website? No, for online ordering, you just go directly to copador.com or tbones.com and you can click on menus and you'll, you'll see a way to order online. All right. Awesome. So, and like you said, thousand employees, and I think I read something 
about 600 had to go on furlough uh, at the beginning of last year. Yeah. So, well, before, uh, before the pandemic, or sorry, before we opened Copper Door, I'm sorry, Concord T-Bones, uh, we had 790 employees. Um, and then since we opened Concord, we're closer to almost a thousand, but, um, yeah, that I, I will never forget that day. Uh, it was March. Let me, let me back up. It was March 13th, Friday, the 13th, right? Oh, had to be. Uh, I, uh, I was looking at our sales. Like I do every day. I just, I, I get a report every day that shows our sales for each restaurant. And I started scratching my head going, geez, we're going to be down like 20% this week. And so I called my partner, Mark, and I said, Mark, something, something's up. I, I, I think it might have to do with this coronavirus thing. I, I'm not really sure. Because at the time, you know, it was kind of sub news, coronavirus, eh, maybe it's something, maybe it's yeah. not. And, and uh, so I called an emergency meeting with the leadership team for that Monday, March 16th at four o'clock at Copador. And uh, my partner and investor, Bill, walked in. He was on his phone and he, he walked in and he, he hung up and he said, hey, I just, that was the governor. I just got the phone with the governor and he's coming on in 10 minutes at four o'clock and he's going to shut down the restaurants at midnight. And everybody was just stunned. I mean, absolutely stunned that it just out of nowhere. And I, I stood up, I ripped up the agenda and I said, okay, we, we got to figure this out. Like, what, what are we going to do? And there was no mention of PPP loans at this time. Yeah, exactly. Just... Exactly. Like uh, it, it, it was, Adam, I'm telling you, it was, there were many, many sleepless nights for me and, and nights where I, I, I literally cried cried like a baby and because i didn't know what the future was going to be there was as you, as you just mentioned there was no talk about ppp in, in so at 9 53 on that monday night march 16th um we have a private facebook page called staff matters it's a group page that's private so you have to be invited to it and it's it's basically for all of our employees and you know as we sat through the night, uh, figuring out what we're going to do, um, that was the only way I could communicate to the 650 employees and told, you know, full-time and part-time hourly employees and told them that they were going to be laid off as of that next morning, St. Patrick's Day. And it, it I, 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 I can't even time that. I'm getting chills right now, just remembering hitting that button it just, it broke my heart. It, it fucking broke my heart. Like yeah. it, to, to tell them, sorry, you're out of a job as of tomorrow with, with no warning whatsoever. And, um, and so then um, we kept on the 100 salaried employees and we were only allowed to do takeout or delivery. And that was for eight weeks. And so for eight weeks, we were down 80% in revenue. We were Ooh. bleeding, we were bleeding $150,000 a week in cash. And without the PPP loan, we would have been out of business by August out. So, and, and we're just, 
we're just one restaurant group. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of restaurants that just got crushed. Yeah. And without the help from the federal government, it, it you you would you would be left with nothing for restaurants. Nothing. I think I heard something like even with the loans that 75% of the restaurants in LA are closed for good forever. And and I've heard similar stats in New York City. And it's it's sad. I even just read an article uh, uh, in the New York Times that 60, 66% of the arts and culture jobs are gone in New York City forever. Yeah. Forever. It's just it's wild how the, the economy has just been like like almost flattened down and like remade, you know, and some people have come up from this, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about places through no fault of their own, uh, just lost what they've been building their, for their whole lives, you know? Well, and, 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 and that was, that was my eight week. It was the eight worst weeks of my life where I, you know, I, I'm 56 years old and I, I could see the, I don't want to call it retirement, but stepping back in the next, four years and all of that just vanished in, in a day, in a day. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I I'm, I'm very optimistic now we're, we're clearly headed back in the right direction with not only the, the PPP help, but the vaccines and yeah. people are, people are busting to get out. Like they just, they want to get out and that I can I can see it, I can feel it. And I've read a couple of articles about how, um, you probably heard the term, the roaring 20s back in the 1920s, where that decade was just booming. And it was, it was coming off of the end of World War I and the end of the Spanish flu. And it's the same exact situation where people just have so much pent up um, feeling of wanting to get out and have fun again. Yeah, be around people. Yep, and I think I think we're in we're in for that for this second round of Roaring Twenties, and uh, <laughs> I really believe that that's going to happen. I really do. I remember I remember when the restaurants closed um, because I mean we like to go out to eat. It's one of our you know it's one of our favorite things to do, and for all that time just like not being able to, and then we're like are we ever going to be able to do this again? Like, <laughs> you know, and uh, cause you don't, I mean, when you're, when you're a consumer and you're hearing about all this stuff, you're like, Oh, whatever. I'm sure the government will protect these businesses from closing forever. I mean, they're forcing them to, right. And it's <laughs> just, you know, just being all naive about it. Well, and, then, and I think, you know, I, I think, you know, coming full circle here and how I met you, it was, it was just delightful to see you and your group having fun and out at Carpador. It, 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 I don't know, maybe that's how we connected, but it just, it just struck me that good for them coming out and having fun. Yeah. They loved it. Um, they had a great time and they were like, is this going to be worth the trip? Is this going to be worth the trip? And <laughs> she's like, it's going to be, just get up here. And they were like, damn, we're coming back. Like, <laughs> that's great. Man, I can't, I can't imagine like, even if like a, like a sole proprietor looking at their own business, you know, with a few employees and like, oh, but 600 people, 600 families, like I, the fact that you're not in a drunken stupor right now still is like amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'm coming out of it for sure. I'm definitely there was that was a rough eight weeks, but um, I got a great team around me, great longevity. I mean, our leadership team, there's seven of us. And combined, we have over 200 years of experience working with our company, Great New Hampshire Restaurants. So we've got a great team. And to your point, some of these sole proprietors that have, you know, 20 employees and they're the, they're the chef, they're the CEO, they're the, the bookkeeper. It, it, it's got to be just brutal on them. Brutal. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't imagine having to be in that position. Oh, it's just wild. Like, uh, like you said, like you're going through it at this time. Is it just each day as it comes or do you have like a, a Buddha statue you get to rub the belly on? Like, what are you, like, how are you mentally getting through that? Like, is it just the, the people around you? Yeah, it's that. And, and I do a lot of reading, um, about, you know, the economy and the, uh, public's perception, consumer confidence. And when you, when you put all that into a jar and kind of mix it up, everything points to that. We're going to have an amazing recovery, amazing mm -hmm. in spite of the politics and and I don't want to get into politics, but it's, 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 we're, I think, I think we're in a very good um, rebound, what they call a, it, it's not going to be quite a V-shaped recovery, which, you know, it's, it's where we went way down and then come back up. I think it's going to be more of like a checkmark recovery. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I, and so I, which I think is not only good for the economy, it's good for inflation. It's good for um, just companies being able to recover. So, um, New Hampshire did a that's pretty my, good job. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my jam. I read a lot <laughs> and, and put it all in a jar and mix it up and say, okay, this is what we got. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, what we saw. I mean, I'm in the automotive industry right now. So, I mean, even if people don't come, the cars are still just as broken. You know, <laughs> yeah. so they got to come back eventually. <laughs> so. Well, it's 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 interesting. You know, this this pandemic has certainly, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, they've they've picked winners and losers. Um, this pandemic has just boomed for Home Depot and and uh, stores that provide goods and services for your home, pools and fences and and uh, things that people would buy for their home because people have been home, right? Yeah, makes sense. Um, cars, every auto dealer that I've talked with, they had a fantastic year. Um, and That's I think good. it's because, yeah, people aren't traveling. They're not getting on a plane. They're not, they're not taking vacations. So they're like, you know what? I'm gonna spend money on my home I'm going to buy a nice car. I'm going to stay local. And, uh, you know, the losers have been restaurants and hotels and airlines, cruise ships. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how vastly different it's affected the different industries 
And to your point, people still need to get their car fixed, right? Yeah, I think the the way it was told by us, the the owner of, of our company was just like, uh, people want to like we spend money, you know. We have we know how much money we're going to spend every month, and if we can't do it at place A, we're going to do it at place B. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't go out to eat this month, so you're going to have an extra four to you know two to two hundred to six hundred dollars in your pocket. Like, well, I might as well go get that transmission flush, I guess, that they've been hounding me about. I'm like, because <laughs> I got nothing else to spend this money on, or you know, fix up fix up the house a little bit, put up a wall here, paint that, you know? Yeah. With That's exactly, well, smart guy. He's exactly right. Hmm. We just have a tolerance for spending and we have to, we have to hit it. You know, I think sometimes like money is burning a hole in our pockets at, at certain points in time. Well, and that's, uh, that's an interesting term because two of the things that, we did um, during the pandemic, we had three different, what we call flash sales of gift cards. And we were very aggressive. I'm sorry if you missed out on it, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we had three different flash sales where you could order just online. If you ordered $100 in gift cards, you got 50 complimentary. Wow. <laughs> Damn. And between the three different flash sales, we sold a million dollars in gift cards. Excuse me? A million. And, and so that, what that did was it put cash in our bank accounts, which was fantastic. And then it kept gift cards in people's pockets that they were like, okay, I got to go out and use these. Like, mm. And even, even the complimentary 50 for the most part, people spent more than that. And that is when you when you have a complimentary gift card, and I'm I'm guilty of this. If I have a complimentary gift card for fifty dollars, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm gonna order a nice bottle of wine. Yeah. Tonight, right? That's what I do. Fifty of it's free. So uh yeah, I mean your your point's well taken that the the People have money in their pocket, burning a hole. They're gonna, they're gonna spend it. That's that is such a smart move to get some cash flow going to mm-hmm. to keep everything open. How did you settle on fifty percent though? I, that's it. <laughs> that's such an insane. How did it's like somebody must have like laughed at you like you were crazy when you brought that idea up? Yeah, yeah. No, I, everybody was on board with it. I mean, my 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 colleagues around the country that own restaurants. I have hundreds of friends that own restaurants around the country and they were they were scratching their head and then when i told them what we did in revenue they were, they were like are you serious <laughs> no and and to and to your point about being new hampshire you know i've got friends that are in florida and chicago and california and oregon and i was on the board of directors for the national restaurant association for 15 years so i know a lot of people and they think new hampshire's like just cow pastures and they don't, they don't realize that we're, you know, our Cobrador Salem is only a half hour from Boston and they, they just don't, they can't even like put New Hampshire on a map. They, they, <laughs> no, they put they like New England, they think New England's like one big state, right? <laughs> and so when I tell them what we're doing for promotions or even revenue, they're, they're just like scratching their head. Like, are you kidding me? How is there that many people there? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It, 
true, true story. Uh, a very good friend of mine lives in Las Vegas and he owns uh, half a dozen pizza places, kind of like a Bertucci's level pizza uh, place. And uh, when we opened Coppador Bedford nine years ago, he flew in for the uh, pre-opening practice parties and super nice guy. And uh, he flew into Boston and then he had to drive up 93. So as you get into New Hampshire on 93, back nine years ago, it was just, you know, pine tree, pine tree, pine tree, and no real development. And so when he came in, he was like, oh my God, Tom, this, this building is gorgeous. He's like, but are you going to do the volume you think you're going to do? Like, where, where, where does everybody live? <laughs> he's just used to Vegas. Right. And I said, don't worry, Sam. I'm like, there's, there's, there's more people here than you think. And, and a lot more money than you, than you think. So it's just funny for him to drive up 93, seeing all these pine trees, like, why is he building this restaurant here? Yeah. Who's selling to raccoons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think, but I try to like, uh, I was in a Boston and we're, uh, at this event or whatever and people are asking like oh what's it like up there i'm like you see this neighborhood and i'm like yeah it's just like this but <laughs> but more spread a little bit more spread out that's all yeah you, yeah. you can't jump rooftop the rooftop but it's like there, <laughs> there's cities there guys i mean yeah. come on it's not all it's not all fields and woods well i'll, I'll tell you i'm, I'm very uh, i'm very grateful that our restaurants are in new hampshire and they are spread out and they're not in the inner cities because as i mentioned i mean i got friends that i have friends that are grand rapids michigan he's got he had 20 restaurants he's now down to 17 um there's they're still only at 25 percent capacity for indoor dining and he is he is just dying absolutely dying another friend that has restaurants in oregon same thing they're just dying and it's it's a shame, and I, I I guess I am going to get a little political here, but um, it's all the democratically controlled states that are just completely locking down. It's California, it's Michigan, it's New York, it's Washington D.C., and they're just crushing these restaurants. They're crushing them. Philadelphia, I got a friend of mine that has two restaurants in Philadelphia. He's like, I we've been open and closed four different times i mean you, you have no idea what it's like to shut down a restaurant and try and you got to get rid of all the food you gotta shut the walk-ins down which is the coolers yeah. it, it's 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 a bear but to do that four times oh my god yeah i think i didn't i think i was all over the place jumping back and forth on this aisle and these decisions being made when this stuff all first started happening but you know as i'm listening to story after story after story you know watching people bleed their hearts out on on social media and listening to them in uh you know longer form interviews and just like wow it's like you're you're, you're not wrong at all they they got screwed over plain and simple by people who just couldn't give a shit less you know they only care about their image they don't you know they don't care about the the actual individuals yep like yep. these like uh people <laughs> there's families that work there you know these are places people work uh it's just it's it's wild it's been a wild contemptuous time but we're on the other side of it i think so yeah. 
I hope there's some. Warmer weather's coming. All of our outdoor dining will be open uh, mid-April. We'll have the tents back up. Uh, they'll be heated and ventilated. And uh, I think I think we're, we're on the other side of it, so. I think so. Oh, I do have, okay. We went a little down. I got something uplifting to share though, because my family has since way back when, T-Bones and Hudson, that's been a big spot for, for most of my family on both sides. It's like any type of a, like a birthday or events you're gonna have, that's where you go, T-Bones. So I was there on my 30th birthday and we decided that like, oh, we're gonna invite like everybody, everybody over there. So there's like 16 of us sitting at a table over there. We're eating, we're getting drinks, we're having a good time. And uh, we're getting ready for the bill. We're all discussing how we're gonna split it up. And my dad's like, hey, what does that sign say over there? And I'm like, what sign? He's like, there's a sign on the wall. It says that you can eat for free if it's your 30th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> because it was the 30th anniversary of T-Bones. Oh. So we got like, I think it was like up to, up to 10 plates were covered by the restaurant. And I'm like, are you, we didn't plan it. You know, we just happened to be there because that's where we would go. <laughs> that's so cool. And it was on the birthday. So we got the, my dad just happened to see the sign and the witch just comes over. She's checking my ID and I'm like, yeah, I can't believe it either. <laughs> that's so cool. And uh, she, she definitely got a huge fat tip that day because. That's great. <laughs> and that's where I started my career as a server at Hudson, Hudson. Yeah. You probably know all my family then, the, the Guthros and the plants. <laughs> yeah, because that's the, that's the spot. Yeah, I was like that place. I was like the, the first like non-Chaney type of restaurant I remember eating at as a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Adam, it's been a pleasure to spend time with you. And uh, I, I appreciate you reaching out and appreciate your business and your family's business. And... I hope to see you again sometime soon at Copper Door. Yeah, definitely will. I can guarantee that. Thank you so much for coming out here and doing this. Super appreciate it. Um, punctual, which is my favorite trait in a human being. So, <laughs> so thank you so much. Okay, and, uh, See you later. Take care. All right. Bye. So that was the Velocity for Change podcast featuring Tom Boucher. Uh, make sure that it makes sure if you're in the area and you're looking for some good eating to go visit one of his restaurants, I highly recommend Copper Door. It's you can't miss. It doesn't matter what you get. You can't miss. It's lovely. It's, it's just uh, it's it's the, the best food you can get in New Hampshire as far as I'm concerned. And don't forget to come reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. You can email me at aguthrow91 at gmail.com. Uh, contact me. Let me know what you think. And uh, as always, guys, just maintain velocity. That's it. It's easy. Oh, and um, let me also give a quick shout out to H for Hustle podcast with Jerome Fenton. Uh, definitely go check that out, guys. Definitely, definitely, definitely. The guy's great. You're going to love him.